There's plenty of bad news out there. How about some good news? The book of Proverbs says that good news from a far country is like cold waters to a thirsty soul. I'm glad you're listening, because I do have good news. It's from a far country, so get out a tall glass. My name is Dean Kirshner, and I'm part of the Ministry of Gospel Link. As you can tell by the name, Gospel Link is centered on the good news of Jesus Christ, who He is, what He has done, and what He is doing today. We have a treat today. I think of Jesus going up into the mountain. He went up in the Mount of Transfiguration and uh, his face shone with glory. I think of Jesus going up in the mountain and when his disciples were come, he sat down and taught them. And we're going to talk about a country in the mountains, far, far away from us, the great Himalayan country of Nepal. Gospel Inc. has been helping support national preachers, church planners there for about three years. But the treat today is someone we're going to call Buddy McLean. Mm, I like it. <laughs> now, Buddy, that is actually not your <clears throat> exact name. Why are we calling you Buddy McLean? Yes, yeah, so this is the uh, first official time using that alias, and the reason is because uh, it is illegal to be a missionary to go into the country we're talking about, which is Nepal. And so uh, I, I can't have anything public about uh, my work as a missionary or a, a church planning director in Nepal. So we're going by this alias, Buddy McLean, which I really like, and I think you kind of uh, picked up on well. So, and uh, at, at Passport Control, they're yeah. not gonna trace Buddy McLean to who you really are. Correct. Okay. Yeah, so uh, my public persona will will have to go under that just because, you know, if people post articles or even this podcast right here, can it, it'll be on the web, and you know, these things are transcribed by bots and things. Sure. So. Uh, yeah, we want to we want to stay under the radar. Okay, well, great, buddy. Why is Nepal on your radar? Why is it on your heart? Yeah, so let me let me tell you why I was interested in it at first. Um, so I met the the president of of Gospel Inc. and he was telling me about a vision trip to Southeast Asia, and he mentioned Nepal. When I started researching Nepal, I found out it is one of the most unreached countries in Asia with the gospel, that there are 280 people groups that are in Nepal, mm -hmm. and 269 are considered unreached. That's less than 2% evangelical Christian. We're looking to get into the villages where they have no pastor, they have no Bible in their language, they have no missionary who's there, mm. and we're looking to equip and send church planters to those unreached people groups. So it, it, there really is a, a pioneer uh, aspect to me that, that was exciting. Sure. Um, you know, seeing the gospel planted in places where people have never heard the are name you, of are Jesus. Are you a mountaineer? 
I I enjoy hiking. Okay. I enjoy exploring. Um, I wouldn't say I'm a mountaineer by any means, but I've I've done a you know kind of a lot of solo backpacking okay. when I was younger, and it was part of my nature. Just uh, if if a road had never been traveled, I was excited to go down that road. Okay. Yeah. So that's what first got me excited about it. Uh, three years ago, I went there and had the chance to meet uh, 14 church planters. Wow. Got a question for you, and I don't know this. <clears throat> yeah. This isn't a stage question. So these church planters that you were meeting with, were they supported by Gospel Inc., or were they hoping to get some support through <clears throat> Gospel Inc.? At the time, they were supported by Gospel Inc. because we had, we had some donors who were interested in starting the project in Nepal. Gotcha. But their donations only lasted about three-year term, and okay. so those donations came to an end. Uh, we, we, we funded those church planners for the first three years. Our goal is to see them become autonomous, sustaining churches in three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, oftentimes that can occur. Oftentimes it cannot occur. So most of our guys are bivocational. Sure. So we're at the point now where we're back to kind of square one on needing to fundraise again and have sponsors who will support the church planners going forward. Okay. Yeah. But if you were a, a reporter, yeah. this podcast is called A Cup of Good News. Yeah. And I don't think it's going to be difficult to get online and find some sad news about Nepal, whether mm. it's the poverty or every country in Asia complains about corruption, whether it's true or not, people yeah. are complaining and finding fault. But if you were a good news reporter and you want yeah. to pour a cup of good news... What kind of good news would you have brought from your trip? Yeah, well, let me let me start by, first of all, commenting on one of the things you said, the poverty. I had no idea there were countries in Asia that were at the level of poverty that Nepal is. The average salary in Nepal is $160 per month. Wow. All right, and so here's what that means, and this is why this is good news. That means uh, a family or a, or a Sunday school class or a church can support a church planter for $200 a month which is incredible. I mean, how much would it be to support a church planner in North America? Right. It'd be, you know, anywhere from $30,000 to $50,000, depending on the area of the countries he's living in, even more. Um, but yeah, you can support a church planter for $200. And over here we think, wow, can they live on that? The answer is, yeah, they are living on that. And as I said, uh, some of our planters are bivocational. They, they learn a trade. And, and what we want is to get them started, and then they, they can continue after that three years. For example, here's some good news. Um, worked with a church planner who was looking on ways to engage his community because evangelism is illegal in Nepal. You can't do it. You can't do it. And the government, I, I, met, I met believers who had been in prison wow. because of evangelism. Some, some have served from one years to three years in prison. Because, and the village will turn you in, too, because they're, they're committed to Hinduism. They're committed to Buddhism. Wow. And if you're a Christian, you're, you're basically going against the political and cultural grain. You're a rebel. Uh, so they will turn you in. And uh, so, so this one pastor, you know, they're willing to evangelize, but he wanted to find a way to engage his community. And so he was very innovative in his thinking. Um, so he wanted to engage people with the gospel, but do it in a way where he could still be a pastor and still support Let's his family. Let's give him a name. Let's yeah, so, him, so uh, I want to call him Ron, if that's okay. Okay. <laughs> so uh, Ron was a brand-new church planter, and his vision was to have a model of business 
where his business would integrate with his church. And so his plan was to establish a tea house. So what he was going to do is have a tea shop where he would have a library of Christian literature in his tea shop. Nice. So he's got, he's got Bibles, he's got Bible studies, uh, gospel tracts. So as people are coming into this tea shop, um, he, he, he can have this material and here. And these are on public display. Yep, they're on public. And so people can say, hey, what is this about? But now on, wait a minute, on one hand, yep. is it going to be illegal for him to... It's not illegal to do that. Okay. He can't go to other people, but people coming to his business can freely ask questions. And you can have those books. You can have those just displayed. Interesting. Now, you're not allowed to go to people's houses. Uh, you're not allowed to go to other businesses. But he, he's really kind of in a gray area. So I thought sure. that was a genius idea. So when I met Ron, I was inspired by his vision for uh, business being a platform for ministry. Yeah. And I came back with that vision to our church. And yeah. they said, well, let's help him. Absolutely. And so then we Absolutely. were able to. And here's the, here's the cool thing about Gospel Link is because it connected us mm-hmm. to a church planner over there that just he just needed someone to come alongside sure. him. It wasn't a huge amount. Uh, and when I tell you this, I don't mind telling you how much. I think it was $2,000 that helped him start a tea house. So he didn't build it from the ground up. He probably rented the he space rented a storefront. and remodeled it. He had know. to get his inventory of, of his tea okay. and tables and cups and brewing uh, apparatuses mm-hmm. so that he could run it. And $2,000 got him off the ground. $2,000 changed this guy's life financially yep. yep and gave him a platform that he never had before to evangelize yep amen in a safe manner yeah and he is uh sending me reports of uh conversations he's having with members of the community about his church and about the gospel and so it's it's still still going on and you were there i was there with him yeah so again we're not going to ask exactly where that is sure it's, it's way out there it's near a border yep how many christians in that town in that in that small city any any estimate uh, I, I can't tell you how many sure. Christians but uh, I can tell you that um, he is in one of the places where it is less than two percent evangelical um, so you literally have people who've never heard the story of Jesus at no all. Oh, oh the vast majority have never heard right. they don't even know what a Christian is the, they, they've never even seen a Bible Matter of fact, let me tell you another story, just to give you an idea of Nepal. So we went to one village with a particular people group. Okay. They did not even have an entire Bible. The only book of the Bible that had been translated into their language was the Gospel of Luke. So they have no even concept of what a Bible is. Matter of fact, they've never seen an entire Bible because the work of translation has not even been done. So there's a church planter in this village and when I went to this village, knowing that only the gospel was in their language, I, I, I preached a sermon that day on their day of worship. Yeah. And obviously I preached from the gospel of Luke. Now, what's happening is the generations of children in these tribes, some of them are learning the regular Nepali language. Mm-hmm. And so the children are able to read normal Nepali Bibles. Their parents and grandparents still speak their tribal language and uh, they have to use what scripture is available to them. Wow. So uh, it, it's amazing that Gospel Inc. is supporting a church planter. As far as we know, in a people group of 30,000, he's the only pastor of anyone in that people group. And there were about, I think, 25 people in his church. So the amazing news, yeah. somebody has started. Yeah. 
right? And and that's good news. <laughs> that that's a people group. They're not reached yet. Correct. But someone has started the work of evangelizing that community. And not an American missionary. <clears throat> not at all. They're all natives. No. So we, all of the church planters that we support are all native Nepali people or native to the tribes. One of my favorite things about working with Gospel Inc. is to go in these guys' houses, to meet their families, to hear their testimonies. So you were there for how long? Um, I was there for two weeks. Okay. Yep, got and to meet 14 different church planters, and then including some uh, church planting directors and including some other potential church planters. Okay. Yeah, tell us a little bit about uh, some of these national guys that you met personally and had some interaction with, or, or and maybe even some follow-up that you've, you've heard from them since you've got back, because they're yeah. writing reports of what they do. Yeah. <clears throat> when we say a guy's going to plant a church, um, sometimes that's very successful. And sometimes it's not. Mm -hmm. And sometimes a guy may try a village for a few years, and it just doesn't work there. And like Jesus said, shake the dust off your feet, feet and you go to another village. Right. So we had one brother. We'll, we'll call uh, his name is Hari Har. We can call him Harry, right? So a church planner. Is that his real name? Uh, no. Okay. No, but then you told me uh, that's a pretty common name. Or... Hari Har is a common. Okay. Name. So Pastor Hari Har. Hari Har. Yeah. Like we it. could say that. Um, he was in a particular village where there was not any reception to the gospel. Mm. Matter of fact, people were very uh, antagonistic against his evangelism, uh, told him to get out of town. Um, so he was trying for several years to start a church and was having much difficulty. But people in town knew that he was a Christian and was sharing the gospel. So in the town, we've got to understand that the people in Nepal are mostly Hindu, which means they're worshiping uh, a myriad of deities. They have deities for their village or national deities or deities for healing. And some villages won't have like a temple where you can go pray, but they'll have a, a witch doctor who's kind of like kind of like the pharmacist, right? You can go to the witch doctor. Uh, he'll, he'll do some incantation, some spell, pray to some deity of their village to try to heal you. Well, this, do they consider these witch doctors semi-Hindu? Uh, yes. So he'd be Hindu, but then he's still dabbling with getting... Yeah, he is a Hindu because what he's doing is he's representing okay. one of the deities okay. uh, in the town. Okay. Right? So this one witch doctor was particularly antagonistic against Harihar and wanted him out and would, you know, would cuss him out in front of people. Well, this witch doctor had a seven-year-old son who became very ill. And as the witch doctor, he was supposed to heal people, right? Right. And so he would do spells and, and pray to these deities. But the problem is he could not heal his seven-year-old son. And he became desperate. So once he couldn't heal him, then he went to the doctors in the hospitals. Okay. The doctors could not heal his son. And he was, he was on the verge of death. However... He knew that Harihar was in the town, and the brother of the witch doctor, or excuse me, yes, the brother of the witch doctor had come to faith wow. by Harihar. Wow. And so the brother of the witch doctor says, you need to go talk to Pastor Harihar and have him pray for you. So, so he came to Pastor Harihar, who told him that there is a true God who could hear his prayers, not the false gods, of Hinduism, and this true God 
sent his son Jesus Christ to pay for our sins on the cross. So what happened is first, the witch doctor repented and trusted in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of his sins and then began to pray for his son. Um, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That's, that's big. That's but, huge. I mean, that's like forsaking all your learning, your medical, your culture. Right, right. You're, you're literally saying that your profession is, is false now. That's repentance. Okay. So what <laughs> happened was um, his son was not yet healed, but now he was a believer. He opens up his home to Harihar to now have the church meet in his home. So the witch doctor, who normally had people praying to these deities, is now praying to Jesus Christ in his home with Harihar, and they begin worshiping at the witch doctor's home. In the process of the church now meeting there, the son was finally healed. Wow. And the son is now healed, and the church meets at the witch doctor's house. So what the witch doctor did as a a public sign of repentance is, is he brought all of his magic tools for incantation into the street, publicly into the street, and had a bonfire. Wow. And he burnt all of his witch doctor tools. That's biblical. In front of everyone. That's what they did in Ephesus. We see this publicly, right? Listen, he's never even read that part of the Bible. (laughs) But he's doing it because he trusted in Christ as his Lord. That is one of the most exciting stories that I've heard so far in Nepal from one of the church planters that GospelLink has supported. Wow. As a church planter, how are these men, I've got two questions here, mm-hmm. how are these men choosing these villages mm-hmm. and how accepted are they? Okay, so they're national people, they yeah. speak the language. Are they going back, as it were, to Nazareth, their home village yeah. after they've been trained? Or are they picking one, you know, five miles away? And, and maybe you don't know all that one all, all for, for for all the men there, but give me yeah. some examples of, there's or, or a, even this guy, do you know this guy particularly? There's a combination. That guy in particular, I didn't know. I'm okay. gonna give you another story. Um, it depends on someone, maybe a landowner, okay? And and that could determine where a church meets. Okay. Because that's a big deal. You don't have to rent a building. You know, that's gonna that's gonna cost you, you know, maybe $100 a month, which is half your salary. Right. Um, so there, there was a lady who had a husband uh, and a son who were Hindu. Uh, this this lady ended up coming to Christ. She owned a farm, and I, I, I'm thinking that the family farm belonged to like her mother and father. Her her husband and son were Hindu. She converted to Christianity under the working of, of an evangelist in her town. And when she converted to Christianity, her husband and son deserted her. Wow. They said, we'll never be back again. And the son was how old? Uh, the son was like a teenager, like 18. Okay. He was, he was grown. So it wasn't a little boy. but No, no, he was grown. And so her husband left and her son left. And again, when something like that happens mm-hmm. uh, as a woman, what's her income potential? Well, she had the land. The good news there was that she still had the land and she could still either farm it herself or rent out the farmland and let other people work it and, and, and pay her. So she's not going to starve. So this evangelist who brought her to Christ is now the, the church planter that's uh, leading church. At that place. On this farm place, yep. Did so, you visit there? I did. Mm-hmm. And uh, I preached from 
uh, Jesus's parable about the man who puts his hand to the plow and doesn't look back. And uh, it was amazing that a, a lady whose husband left her for her faith came up to me and said, mm, that really encouraged me. And so, you know, just the fact that the Lord would use me to bless her sure. was incredible. It's humbling, yeah. isn't it? It is. Because you look at how little they have, how much they've mm. suffered, and yeah. it pales in comparison. And how little, really little persecution we have here. Sure. We don't, we don't know what they're going through over there. You know, their family will never talk to them again. Uh -huh. uh, she's well-respected among the church. Uh -huh. And um, yeah, she'll, she'll be fine financially. Sure. She's not going to starve. Correct. But you can't buy your husband back. No, not You can't not buy all. your son back. Not at all. But you can't buy eternal life either. That's true. <laughs> Amen. Brother, I want, to, I want to tell you about a, a, an yeah. initiative that I feel like the, the Lord has placed on my heart. And I, and I call this the 1040 challenge. Okay. The 1040 window is an area of uh, longitude, latitude, where between the degrees of 10 and 40 around the equator, the highest percentage of unreached people groups exist within that window, the 1040 window. And Nepal falls right in that section. Um, here's the challenge that I want to present to people. Right now, you can go to gospellink.org and find the give link. And on that give, you can do this. So if you're, let's say you're a teenager or a college student, you can't, you can't support $200 a month for a church planner, but you can do $10 a month. Even a high school student could do that. I don't know too many that can't do 10. $10 a month, right? So that's part of the 1040 challenge. I'm challenging every person who listens to this podcast, if you're not a giver to Gospel Link, you can start out at $10 a month. And here's what that would do. At $10, you can support a pastor who's equipping disciple makers in his community or tribe to go make other disciples. So $10 a month can sponsor a, uh, a Bible that could get into the hands of people who've never had a Bible before. Uh, that would buy a Bible. $10 a month, you could, you could help pay the rent on a, a storefront where someone can hold a church. So everyone could come in at $10 a month. And then at $40 a month, any family could really come in at $40 a month. And here's what's really cool. When you do that, uh, it only takes five families at $40 a month to support a church planner. So if you're, a, if you're a young person, a high school student, college student, you could go right now on gospellink.org, find the Give button, and help us reach these tribes where uh, the, the gospel's never been heard before. And if you're a family or maybe you're an individual that has a nice job and you can come in at $40 a month, go ahead and do that on gospellink.org now. And make sure you look for the Nepal CPI, which stands for Church Planting Initiative. So that's the 1040 challenge. Man, just imagine if you knew that you and your family were supporting that type of work among people who don't know who Christ is. Yeah. It would be exciting. Amen. I want to have a part in that. Amen. I want to have a part in that.